how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to Creative Principles. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. In this podcast interview series, I'll be speaking with writers, directors, actors, musicians, chefs, and various other types of creatives as we bridge the gap between creativity and productivity. Here we'll be discussing the habits, routines, and lessons that help promote a successful creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Michael Grady spent his 20s shooting shorts and working as an electrician and gaffer. His active approach paid off as a few shorts got into Sundance and then he worked his way up through $100,000 movies and eventually TV shows. By immersing himself in the culture, Grady was able to make a career by being relentless. Now his credits include EZA, Faster, Friends with Benefits, The Leftovers, Ozark, and the new Apple series, The Morning Show. The new series on the new network stars Jennifer Aniston, Steve Carell, and Reese Witherspoon. The show takes an inside look at the lives of people who help America wake up in the morning. In this interview, Grady talks about how new television is like the indie film world, why the script tells you how to shoot it, how being creative should be an obsession, why there's no excuse not to make your movie, and what it's like to work with Apple. If you enjoyed this interview, join thousands of viewers for the new YouTube series, also called Creative Principles. Well, let's see. Uh, I, you know, growing up, I was always into um, doing art, um, painting and drawing and that sort of stuff. And I always took, like, you know, my mother was great about kind of putting me into uh, local artists with lessons and classes and stuff. And I, I did this pretty much all through, I started in kindergarten, first grade, and all the way through all my education years, um, stayed in art. And, you know, I just always loved movies. And so I think when it came time to, you know, get to these levels of um, college and, you know, early 20s and uh, late teens, when you start having to sort of hone in, um, I started certainly starting to think about it. Um, I I started taking classes. I went to apply and went to NYU, and then I went to graduate school at American Film Institute here in Los Angeles and got a master's of fine art there in cinematography. And just started, you know, I just started shooting. I shot 30, 40 shorts probably. Um, I did 30-something um, of them, 34, I think it was. Uh, nothing, you know, shorts all through... Um, from say I'd say twenty early early twenties to about thirty, and then I did you know features for deferred payment. They used to call these indie features, but you know I never got a dime. But um, you uh, you slowly work your way up, and then at the same time I was an electrician and a gaffer um, to you know pay rent and eat. Um, I used to, I mean it was although it was about thirty, that was quite a struggle. Um, those first few years, and to just to try to keep shooting, keep shooting, and and stay at it. Um, a few breaks of shorts that, um, you know, got into Sundance and a couple of festivals and one thing led to another and a short led to someone getting a little bit of money for a feature and did a hundred thousand dollar movie, you know, that kind of thing. And then, and worked my way up. I got my a TV show and got the union and 
I did TV for many years, and I did about 10 years of movies only. And then in the past, you know, four or five years, I've really come back to, I don't even want to say TV anymore, these these serial scripted hour-long, you know, Hulu, Amazon, wherever. I don't even know what they're streaming service, narratives, whatever. I don't know what the label is anymore. But to me, these are like the world of indie film now. I mean, it's just the best writing. It's the most compelling, most interesting stuff. And so... Um, yeah, I kind of pulled around to that. I mean, I, I think cinematography as a whole, like I always felt like I want to do movies, but this was just once I really, really understood the business, you're like, wow, this is a job for me. I always loved sports and I always loved movies. And somehow cinematography for me sort of combines those things because of its, its physical nature and its, its demands on you for, you know, 12 to 14 hours to stay focused and mental toughness and all that sort of stuff all night or whatever it may, may be. Um, and then all the creativity of, of art. So, um, yeah, I, I felt like uh, I found my job, you know. <laughs> I'm always interested in, like, the, the longevity. Like, I'll sometimes speak with a director, and it might be 10 years between projects. What kind of inspired you to just keep at it with those shorts and smaller films? Like, were you just immersed in the culture and going to do it no matter what? Or what kind of kept you going and everything? I think that, I mean, once I, I mean, uh, determination and certainly, um, you know, I went off to film school, went to New York and did that. And then, and, um, you know, and then, and then turned around and left New York, came to Los Angeles. And I grew up in a small town outside of Dallas. And, and um, um, so really a small town in Texas to, to run off and do all this stuff um, was a kind of a leap. And so, yeah, it just was like there's you can't you can't not. And I, I, I probably brought up like the stupid sports thing just because I've I've I many times when I've been in scenarios where I go back to AFI and, you know, teach speak to kids and stuff sometimes and I say all the time, like my talent, I don't know about that at all. Like I don't know if I ever had talent, but I know I feel like I was just gonna outwork people. And um yeah, I mean just a constant determination to not stop, not stop, not stop. And, and you know, it always felt like, and I've said this to people, like, every time I was, like, kind of like, oh, man, maybe this isn't going to work out, or I'm getting depressed, or I, don't, I can't make rent, or, you know, whatever it may have been, if there was a low moment, there was always just, like, one little thing would happen, or, like, some guy would call, hey, can you do this short for me this weekend, or, hey, there's this low-budget music video. You know, it was always just on some other thing that every time I felt like I was getting, oh, man, this is bad, and something good would happen. So, um, I, 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 I feel like now looking back on it, because it's just such a strange conundrum for people to get started. It's just not, there is no one way and there's no, it's an impossible advice moment when people ask. And but all I ever just say is that after being in LA for now, oh gosh, 27 years or something in and around the movie business, um, I think the most important thing is that you just keep slamming your head against the door and sooner or later that sucker will fall over. You know, it's just like, don't. And, and, and so many people don't. And I feel like with actors, with many of these roles, it's like those people that just don't quit sooner or later kind of surface. I'm I'm sure not everyone, but I think that's kind of that, you know, that line. And I always feel like, well, if you're not just sort of, sickly addicted to it where it's just a part of you like this idea of movies or telling stories and stuff it's going to be hard you know what i mean you probably need to be addicted and obsessed and any other word you can think of that would that would make you not listen to logic or anything uh in your dogged pursuit of it um 
you know, I, and I, I, you know, I'm 50 years old, so I assume it's still the same. Uh, I've been at it a while, but I assume when I speak to kids at AFI and and I have some contact with them, which because I really enjoy doing it, um, it it still seems very much the same in this sort of panic where people don't really know, like, well, what do I do? How do I get a job? How do I move forward? Um, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of guess I would say today it's a bit more democratized in the sense of more opportunities, more employers, uh, demand for content, and, and frankly, cost of doing a short. I mean, we used to have to, you know, shoot film, process the film, all that stuff, so it was a little bit costly. So leastwise, maybe the excuses are a little smaller. But I don't really believe that. I think it's just... I think today more people want to do it. More people want to tell stories. More people want to be involved in it. So just by numbers, I think that competition just moved, you know, equally up. Um, it, it is it is a very uh, – but, I mean, I also feel like it's just like, yeah, it's like any business, man, or any endeavor for humans. It's like focus on it. Work hard and don't stop. Don't quit. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I – Whoever shows up in life is half the victory, you know what I mean? <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your early process. So I know sometimes you'll come on maybe a series. They've already got kind of a look they're going for. I know you've worked on Leftovers, Ozark, and now The Morning Show. Uh, when situations where you're coming in and kind of maybe pitching or helping design the look of the show, what does that look like from your perspective after you're reading the script? Um, that's, I mean, that's exactly it. I mean, like this one particularly, um, I've worked with Mimi leader for oh, 15, 20 years. We go really go back and she's just a great crew. I'd work with her all anytime. I uh, just enjoy it so much because of, you know, specifically the collaborative nature. Um, and that works thrown around the movie business a lot collaboration, but it's rarely actually that way. Um, and I think she's just one of the few directors that can, at the same time, the concise communication with everyone in terms of direction of what it is we're after, but yet she opens the door for you to be involved. So, you know, and this one is like, you know, if it's a good script, I think it tells you how to shoot stuff. I mean, I think when I was younger, you don't understand that as much. And I think certainly I was someone who just kind of would want to um, maybe show off a bit or just do whatever um, that I felt like was a bias of my, 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 you know, interested in what the image should look like. And here, I, I think that as you do it a little longer, you really start to understand what it means. Like to say that the script should really tell you how and what the, sh- the film should look like. Um, so, and in that sense, like, yeah, you should bring a lot to it. And I think ideas and pitching ideas and pitching concepts early, even if you come in late, like you can always sort of adjust or see um, of, of what, you know, what you could bring to the table in terms of, of enhancing the story or, um, or, or really making it more clear in the sense that like, even with the visuals, but, um, yeah, it's all, it's hopefully the, I do think that if, if it's a well-written script, I should qualify that, then a well-written script can certainly guide you on how it should look. It should just feel, you should almost feel it in its sense, um, of, of reading it. Now that may not always be the case. Um, but I mean, it, 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 it's really the central role for us to try to bring something to that. In a, and, and, and for me, my experience has been every director's difference. And one of them wants you to really, really shoot the movie. Like you direct the photography, I'm going to direct the actors. And the next one will be much more collaborative. We're 50-50 on so many things. And they'll even be like, hey, what do you think about that performance? Or what, what do you think? Do you think you should do it smaller? Or then the next one is um, 
storyboarded and here's what the shots I want to do, you know, so then it becomes executed and enhance that. And then, you know, some directors will be, I don't have a clue how to shoot this scene. What do you think? So, and, and really in, in every movie, I think you get it all. Even the guy that's going to storyboard everything and thinks he has it all down sooner or later, it doesn't work. It explodes. We've improv that actors have changed that something's gone differently. And so you pull, you know, you do it on the day. So having the ability to do all that stuff, I mean, long-winded answer. I think mean, I think it's prep. I think it's communication. It's talking about the script enough so that you plan the crud out of it. And if you execute that plan, great. If you don't, well, we've informed ourselves so much by these conversations that hopefully the bar is raised. Hopefully we can, you know, uh, achieve something that might even be um, bigger or better than we first thought because of react to the moment. Um, but, you know, in prep and stuff, like, hopefully you, you're seeing the movie uh, in some way in your mind's eye so that you can start to try to communicate that with others, um, you know, both both by visual references or just by uh, by words. But, um, you know, because I do think there's a part, you know, it's best to be settled in before you start shooting because that's the only time you get in a little drama of, like, oh, you start shooting and, like, you saw it differently than everyone else. And then they're like, well, we don't like that or whatever. Now, I've been lucky enough to not have that experience too much, but I think it's really more those that maybe do get into it. Like, they didn't communicate enough to make sure everybody's on the same page before you start. And and, I, and that's a meandering answer, but I think the reality is just that. Like, sometimes you fill in a lot of those blanks. You know, and I did movies uh, with Billy Friedkin where he would draw a little storyboard with Stickman and be like, make that shot. And it was very specific, very direct. And, like, that's what we did. Um, and that's just a different way of, of working, you know. Um, this show and the TV shows as a whole, like, it's it, you definitely – we try to pre-produce. We definitely try to plan, but you have to stay on your toes. I mean, the scripts are, are changing because you'll get a draft and you're, going, you're prepping it, you're going in, but you get pages all the way through. And, you know, people are messing with dialogue, stuff changes. Oh, they recast. Oh, we didn't get this location. We're changing the location. You know, so, you know, because of the grind and the longevity of like making a 10 hour movie, you got to be able to adapt a bit. Um, you know, it's just not always going to be exactly as planned. But, but um, that that pre-visualization, though, I guess is the best word. It's key. I mean, it really is. Whether or not you do it or not, you know, see some movie in your mind before you go shoot. You know, <laughs> whether or not that's the same one or not, like have something in your mind. <laughs> Did you when you're talking about so you're, so this show, you're kind of doing a show about a show, at least in a, a small portion of it. Did you talk about just the look of the overall picture? Or do you also talk about you know, how the news show should look, how the, uh, you know, the, the iPhone camera or whatever it is that shoot Reese Witherspoon's character, how that should look. Are you trying to, are you guys talking about all these different visual looks you're trying to make for this series? Yes. Um, and you know, like some of them I think will be more uh, paid by numbers. Let's be honest. Like, so like, well, I think we all know like, well, what does morning television look like? You know, what is Good Morning America? What is Today? What is any news show or a news TV show, magazine, or straight news? So that, we knew. I mean, I, I think we, we we discussed it, but we know, okay, that is what that is. This sort of studio, flat, soft, everybody looks as good, but happy and bright in that morning show sort of world. Um, and then, yeah, to, then, then and, and the antithesis of that being probably a much more contrasty, more dramatic feel, a richer sort of um, textural sort of image that 
you know, we talked a lot about reflective surfaces, hard surfaces, um, metal, glass, and of course, TV screens and monitors um, being reflecting off of them the most, and they're prevalent everywhere. Um, but it's just like visual sign cues like that, like little posts of like, hey, look for reflections. Look for in glass, water, anything, metal. Like, so, so productive now. Let's talk about modernist, more, more reflective stuff, more hard surfaces, more shiny things, you know. Um, because it's like a, a level of, of Art 101, I think, when you start trying to say, well, let's contribute to a story but through pictures. Um, and it is. I mean, I think a lot of cinematography is sort of a, of a, of a real kind of on-the-nose, you know, semiotic or language of, like, what people understand to be, you know, um, enhancing by a picture. Um, being like, like a contrasting dark image is scary and a happy bright one is you know, a Cheerios commercial. So that sort of stuff. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I could lost the, the point. <laughs> yes, I'm sure you're getting a version of this next question, but um, how did this kind of all come together? I mean, Apple TV is very new. This seems to be their giant, you know, high roller of the, uh, I don't know, seven or eight shows they're coming out with. Um, what kind of brought it all together? Do, what do we kind of? What can we maybe expect more of from Apple? Kind of based on your your experience here. Um, it, you know, it's it's very much like like the others, but kind of awesome. I mean, I love I love my experience on HBO with the leftovers, and I sort of had this. Uh, oh, maybe this will be similar because I know you know people from HBO came to Apple. They hired. I'm an art executive producer on our show, and Media Res, the the production company arm, is. Was was the person running HBO at the time when I, the leftovers was happening? So there's a sort of a connectivity there. I think that Apple will be in that mode. It will be intelligent, good stuff, good dramatic stuff for you know a viewer who wants to be challenged, all the way down to great children's programming. I mean, I don't, I, you know, I look at them like my ultimate marketing company. So. I, <laughs> They don't. They don't. They don't misstep much. You know, so to give them any content um, is it, pretty awesome. I mean, I've, you know, I'm so biased because I'm such an Apple dork and I have forever. I mean, I was just like you know an adopter of the first iPhone, and I am one of those people that buy one each time, and I don't go wait in line and all that crap like people do. But but very much a disciple, you know. So um, there there is that. I think that. In terms of coming together, like I did a, on the basis of sex last year about Ruth Ginsburg uh, movie with Mimi Leader, and she and I go back for, oh man, 15, 20 years. We, we've done many, many projects together, and I just love her to death. And so she started talking about this then while we were finishing that movie. Um, and then, you know, hey, it's this Apple thing. It's like they're one of their first shows. And, and then, you know, to be honest, like the idea of such amazing talent, like uh, it, it's it's a movie movie star world of one of the TV shows. Like all three of them are just, you know, incredible star power and incredible actors, you know, first and foremost, for their, 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 their fame. But like with those guys being, in, you know, a part of it, I think there's something really kind of, you know, Robert Evans just dying. I was reminded of like, there was a time when the filmmakers ran studios where Lunatic showed me a asylum a bit. And so like with Reese and Jen being, to the producers, I think there was something cool about um, it coming together where it won't just be decisions based on management. Like, they constantly made decisions based on aesthetics about, you know, how's the crew feeling? What do we think about the, what's best for the show? Um, not just maybe dollars and cents and management sort of stuff. So I think that was super appealing. 
Um, it did kind of, I, I heard about it for a long time before we got going. And I think Apple was a bit stop and start at the very beginning of production on all their shows. So there was a good year of maybe it might happen, it's coming, that sort of stuff. And then um, uh, when it finally, you know, came about, it was it was super easy with um, knowing Mimi for so many years. And um, and so, like, and for me, like I said, like, I, I really like working with her. So no matter what she was doing, I was interested in it. So to be honest, that was like, wow, okay. But before I knew what it went about, before the details, just because, um, just for work environment, I just enjoy working with Mimi so much. But, and, and in the end, of course, it's just, it's just a great job. I mean, I'm right now talking to them about doing the second year because it's, they're starting to put together the whole crew for another year of it. And I traditionally don't, I'll be honest, I don't, I haven't done a lot of that as leftovers. The first time I ever went back to a show just because I enjoy the newness of creating, you know, even if I love something, I oftentimes will sort of just feel like it's best interest for me to move on. And, and, and then every once in a while, like leftovers has done it. And this one has too, that I, I enjoyed the experience so much that, um, you know, I'd like to maybe go back and that's just like sort of against like, uh, my pattern. So I know that that's an emotional response. That's a quality of life response, you know, cause it's, it's not really career wise. It's it is better just to keep moving on, you know, do another stuff, do something different. Um, you know, staying fresh and, and just leave, you know, credits behind. That'd be the better move. But uh, like I said, it's a, just a good group, nice people. So going back, maybe, yeah, thank you, man. I'll see you. Um, maybe going back would just be, you know, quality of life wise. So I don't know. Um, yeah, it came together slowly, but then quickly when it did, you know, I was like, maybe I were going and this is happening. Um, and I think it would be super exciting for Apple to continue to be another player as a studio and, you know, building their infrastructure and their, their, their um, brick and mortar studio here now. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because like all this, this new wave of like, it's just sort of the ending movies of, of old because, you know, all these new companies are essentially kind of doing brave new world sort of stuff. And content wise, I think it's a little more, Oh, uh, certainly more interesting than that network material. And like, just like all the networks, are, what are they doing? They're all just making a streaming service so they can put on a little bit more challenging and uh, intelligent material without commercials. Um, so, you know, I think uh, it seems like, you know, I, well, it's, it is definitely like a, a, a really good time for, it's like a golden age of this, this, this hour long TV stuff. That's for sure. It's never been better. Uh, or I don't, I don't remember a time where you had so much quality. There's, there's more material than you can watch. I mean, there's more good shows than people can, can see. So, um, yeah, I probably shouldn't say that, but, but that's what it feels like to me. There's just so many great television shows that are out there that, that did not used to be the case when HBO sort of started trying to rewrite the, this world. And, and I think now with this, like everybody goes back and forth between movies and TV without any, there is no difference, and there there used to sort of be this sort of uh, mark of delineation, I guess, between oh, I do movies or I do TV. Um, and now, please, it's not even back and forth. Um, you know, whoever gives you the least uh, friction in telling your story, I think, is where people gravitate towards now, like letting them have freedom. So. Thank you for tuning into the show. If this is your first time listening. Please log on to iTunes or SoundCloud and give us a rating. Providing a rating or sharing content is one of the best ways to help the series grow. 
Make sure to also follow or like us on your favorite platforms like Instagram, Facebook, or the new YouTube series we've started. And check for daily updates over at creativeprinciples.live.